There we go, recording. Okay, so hello and welcome to today's episode of Dr. Simone's Mindspace. I'm very, very excited um, to have our today's guest, Chris, Dr. Christine. Um, she's in New York, so we're recording live from Europe and New York. And um, thank you for taking your time. We know each other since quite some time and actually from a very different city, a very big metropolitan city as well from Shanghai. So yeah, um, I've always been very inspired by you and sort of your courage and your vision and your drive to, to do things that a lot of people would never dare to do. And would always come up with like, oh, you can't open a business in China? What? No way. Or, ah, oh, what? You're going to do a distant PhD with a child at home or psych D as you've done? And I, there's just so many you can't. And, and you're one of the people that showed you can. So I'm very happy to have you here and share um, your, your journey as an inspiration for other women around the world, I would say, and hear a little bit of, of your start to, to where you are now. So you've moved back to, to, to home-ish, I would say, to the States um, after living in China for quite some time. And um, yeah, we've met every opportunity we could either in China in Shanghai or now so in the last years in New York so I'll give the word to you and yeah. let you speak thank well, you thank you so much Dr. Simone for having me on today it's it's really such a pleasure and an honor to be here and to get to share with your community in Switzerland and across the world where wherever they may be um, I think it's it's just such important work that you're doing with Um Sersan, and so I'm I'm glad to get to be a part of that. I guess to okay, just for the record, because Um Une Sersan is like a female empowerment movement I launched um, um, one and a half years ago. In when I came back home to Switzerland and realized like we're still so behind, so that community I'm sure will be very pleased to hear. I actually recently had a client who said like, oh, I liked the, the podcast on Swiss women because she's an expert living in Switzerland and um, noticed like obviously the, the situation herself. So, and I had the opportunity to, to talk on your podcast about that um, female empowerment movement. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you were definitely a role model for Insurson. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, that's that's really uh that's really meaningful to hear. I mean, it's it's always wonderful to know that you know th things that we've done or said made a difference to other people. Because I think for both of us, that's why we're in the work that we're in. Um, and I guess to put it into a nutshell without going into too much detail in the interest of time. I I originally had started studying engineering when I was at university. Um, and while I think it is, you know, it's an incredible and just such an important profession that we have in the world. I mean, engineers do so much. 
it was not a fit for me in the sense that I wanted to really be working kind of more deeply in the lives of people rather than involved with things and systems. Uh, so I decided to switch to studying psychology um, in order to train later on to become a therapist. And that's something that I, I you know, I did it and I haven't looked back. I'm so glad that I did, even though it was at the time, it was a very hard choice to make mm-hmm. because, you know, at the university where I was, it was, you know, frankly, kind of seeing that the engineers maybe were superior to others or mm-hmm. some of these impressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was tough to kind of make that transition. Um, and so it's it's wonderful always now to hear that okay this has you know been yeah, something that's worked out right. I guess in a oh, sense of yeah. making a difference. Um, and I went on after that to get my master's in counseling, um, and then kind of traveled some, worked some, you know, fast forward a few years, and I ended up in China in Shanghai, which is where, as you mentioned, you and I met. And I kind of actually, not really on purpose, but just sort of ended up setting up a practice there. I met some other therapists and they were like, oh, there's such a need for therapists here. Why aren't you practicing? I was there teaching with a university. And so I said, well, I I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it, but um, they started referring some clients to me. And then I ended up, you know, setting up formally a practice and that kind of evolved. I ended up staying there for 10 years. Um, while I was there, I did give birth to my first child, Leia. And I also, as you mentioned, did a distance, uh, doctorate in psychology with California Southern university. Uh, and so there were certainly a a lot of things going on at all times during those years, which I just found to be really, you know, stimulating and satisfying to kind of always getting to do some new things. I also did some some uh, consulting in the psychology space for companies while I did while I was there. I started doing a bit of coaching, which I've also continued now. Uh, I did a did quite a bit you, of writing while I was there. How did you keep up this positive outlook and never like doubted your or I, I mean I don't know if you never doubted yourself, but it it does sound very sort of always giving yourself the benefit of the doubt to try mm-hmm. and see what opportunities mm-hmm. come up rather than yeah. being very sort of sort of chasing opportunities and, mm-hmm. and trying really hard to find the best possible job and the best possible situation and the best possible time. Yeah. Well, so I think, for me, something that's always been a tremendous help is that I never did these things alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so even though the story might sound a bit like, oh, you know, I went and did all of these things myself, I I wasn't alone. I always had mm-hmm. people that I found for help or that found me. And I think that's something that's so mm-hmm. fundamental that we that we do focus on it. Because in the U.S. especially, and I don't know if it's similar in Switzerland, but there can sometimes be this mentality of sort of forge ahead and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just, you know, do everything so independently. 
Mm-hmm. And yes, in a way I did things independently. Like I went to China by myself or, you know, I was the only person working at my company, but I also had a lot of people around me, you know, like I mentioned mm-hmm. the, the therapists that I met in Shanghai, that was a very important community that I was a part of that encouraged me. Uh, mm-hmm. I had pretty much the entire time I practiced in Shanghai, I kept, um, working with a supervisor, a consultant, a couple of different ones over the years in the U.S. to kind of Mm -hmm. make sure that I stayed connected with best practices. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, you know, if there were things that came up that were challenging that I then had a resource of someone to kind of process that with, I think that's so critical Mm -hmm. as well that, you know, as as therapists, even if we're in private practice, that we don't just silo ourselves and work alone. You know, so I had those people to count on. I had a a business manager in China who handled all of the nitty gritty. I couldn't have done any of that without him. There's no way I could have managed Mm -hmm. all of the official things in Chinese. Uh, And then, you know, most importantly, I suppose I met my husband after about a year in China. So I (laughs) I didn't get married right away, but we met there. But that's so so exciting. I didn't know. And so I had a partner by my side to kind of support through all of these things, you know, emotionally. I mean, I, Mm. um, and so I wasn't, you know, just kind of out there by myself driving all of this forward. And, and I really think that that is critical. And then, you know, when I had a child there, I, had a community of other mothers and friends and Mm -hmm. that that's just so important that we, you know, don't feel like we have to do things alone. Like when, in fact, whenever I get stuck on something now, like with starting the the second podcast that I just started that I interviewed you for, I was at the very beginning stages of that. I was just feeling stuck and overwhelmed. And so I called an old friend of mine, um, and I was like, all right, I know you don't really know podcasts, but can you talk me through some of this? Mm-hmm. And so she did. We had, you know, we were on the phone for like an hour and we just kind of talked through like, what are the things I need to do next? And and it was just so helpful to have that support and help from her. I think you, you mentioned something incredibly important right now, like two things. First of all, that you, you don't dare to to seek support Mm -hmm. you don't feel like it's it's um, embarrassing to ask for help which I think a lot of people don't dare to ask you know Mm -hmm. they may feel ashamed that they they have to ask for help or they don't want to impose themselves on others now I mean there is plenty of reasons why people Mm -hmm. don't but it's 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 such an important opportunity to do and um, and there, I actually would like to jump in and say, like this mentoring of of women a- among each other is also something that could be so much more in- in expanded because we have so much to share, and not only when it comes to motherhood and and all the sort of family related topics where we have the mentoring and to, to a certain degree, sometimes maybe too much of it, mm-hmm. um, but in the business, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that we get it there as well. Um, yeah. That would Absolutely. be a wish. Yeah. And then yeah. also the, the, the fact, as you mentioned, that you will make sure you, you connect with others either way that we're not in a, in a nuclear system, just us ourselves. Right. No, exactly. And, 
You know, I, I think you're right that sometimes it can be that people have a hard time reaching out when they don't know something or they're feeling stuck. Uh, sometimes I think they don't even know who to reach out to, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it, but that's something that I, I think for me has been a, a, a tremendous piece that has kept me moving forward is, you know, when I have felt stuck or had doubts, because certainly I've had doubts along the way, or I've made mistakes, or I've, you know, felt really worried or uncertain about something. And so as much as possible, I try to take it as, okay, there's something that I don't know here. Mm -hmm. Let me try to find out, you know, who could help me to know that better mm -hmm. or who could just help do that piece, you know, like right. the business manager in China. I wasn't going to learn how to do any of that myself. I just needed yeah. someone who could take it on. Mm -hmm. Or even now with the podcast, I have a wonderful podcast manager who manages, you know, like the editing and a lot of the technical pieces, some of, she helps me with the social media where I'm, I'm I feel yes. sometimes still very lost with social media. Um, you know, so right. with those pieces, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, what do I kind of, what are my gaps here that someone else <laughs> could help with, you know, and, yeah. and instead of seeing those as they're not failings or anything like no. that, it's just, no one can know everything. No, exactly. uh, so we have to work together. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Shanghai was 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 um for you both a positive and a negative experience. Like you had all the rainbows of emotions there, I can imagine, like frustrations with bureaucracy, I'm sure you've encountered as well, even if you had an amazing uh person helping you. Mm -hmm. Um, could you share a little more about that and then maybe how you decided to to return back to the U.S. and mm. how that sort of starting over um, was was like, maybe? Yeah, well, I have to say, I mean, for Shanghai overall, I would describe it as, as such a positive experience. I mean, it was yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm so missing yeah. it, so missing oh. it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was... It feels it, great to talk a little bit with yeah, you. you know, yeah, no, I know. It's always there. like when you yeah, talk to people who sure lived I in China, can. you could talk about it for hours. Mm. Um, yeah, so overall, I mean, it was just so wonderful in the sense of all the ways that I grew and learned there, all the things I got to do and experience, the people that I worked with. I mean, I worked with, right. I tried to count it up one time, I think clients from like at least 35 different countries Amazing. so I got to you know kind of learn so much about other places in the world too yeah, you know, not so just Shanghai cultures and behaviors and yeah yeah. yeah which just felt like such a gift um, now of course along the way there were days and things that were very frustrating yeah. um, you know like when just you mentioned kind of the bureaucracy like mm. for example with the initial um when I was initially getting the license for my consultancy um you had to set up like a kind of like a capital investment from overseas and in the initial wire transfer for that there was something that wasn't described correctly and so they sent it back <laughs> And then oh. I had to like get it redone in the U.S. and sent again, you know, mm -hmm. so it's just, and meanwhile, mm -hmm. like we lose a 
a couple weeks and kind of exchange fees mm. and stuff like that. And, you know, so th things like that sometimes would be really frustrating. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, overall, we kind of always found a way through those things. Mm -hmm. you know, it, was, it was a little bit like a phenomenon. I would feel like sometimes where they're just like, no, nope, this isn't going to work. My, my mm -hmm. bafa or, you know, and you're like, uh, mm -hmm. um, but then somehow you keep trying and you plug yeah. away at it and you take the next step and then it does all work. Yeah. Out. Which I kind uh, of loved about Shanghai in general. Yeah. When I was there, I felt there was such this land, like land of opportunities that, mm. yeah, maybe sometimes it was no, but maybe sometimes it was also just like, okay, we Not have yet. to just be pragmatic here and we, we need X, Y. So we'll just do, let them do it or give them the shortcut um, to, to fast forward and, and just do things yeah. rather than having this like, crazy no 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 you need to follow a b c d e f g in order to and uh, of course maybe this depends on on which area you worked or which environment you were in and obviously as expats we were privileged and i'm um, understanding that too but i think it was still this this feeling at least was there that um also when it come to traffic right it's like chaos but still organized and I think this is a little bit um yeah I I, I do miss that a lot I don't know about yeah. you but that's definitely yeah. something felt no very I mean I really my first year after leaving Shanghai I really went through a grieving process yeah. of yeah, me too. missing it and having to kind of adjust also my self-concept as like mm -hmm. not a person who lived in Shanghai anymore right um, and mm -hmm. I, I'm much more acclimated to that now and also because mm -hmm. you know we've really settled in here in New York and and I love our our home and our community here um so that's you know helped in yeah. kind of really making that transition but it did take time and right you know, it was I a process you. yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe we that's a good good bridge over to 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 your new life in in New York and how that as you said, I think this reverse culture shock is is really a thing, right? Um we've talked about it with our clients in Shanghai, but then we you have experienced it a lot and coming back and I've experienced it too. So so yeah, it would be very interesting to hear how you how you went so quickly and so yeah sometimes I'm like how is she doing this like how, where where is this 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 positive drive and energy and opportunities you you really find come from I'm like amazed so yeah please please share yeah well there's so I mean there was a, a grieving process for leaving Shanghai but overall I was I was very excited and, and still am very excited to be in New York, I mean, this is just such an incredible city where there's an endless amount to kind of do and see and learn and people to meet. Um, you know, I've, I've had it described to me recently by an older couple that we met uh, who actually retired here 
<laughs> which mm. is they were kind of the opposite of what you feel like people usually do like mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. moved here from Virginia for their retirement and usually I feel like it goes the other way like people mm-hmm. would move from the city to the mm-hmm. countryside for their retirement but that's so said, clever yeah well they said you know you can travel which we do some but here in New York, you have the whole world in the city. Yeah, you have uh, the, the theaters just, and all the... Well, in the sense of also, there's just city. so much represented here. You know, so mm-hmm. many different communities, really people from mm-hmm. all over. Um, and so they found that really exciting mm-hmm. and interesting, really? um, which was fantastic. I hope I'm just like them when I get yeah. to that yeah. stage of my life. Um and so that's that's been wonderful to kind of get to experience the city. Of course, the the pandemic did put a bit of a damper on that, and you know, a big challenge there was just kind of continuing to become a part of our community here and, and meet mm-hmm. people, even mm-hmm. as everyone was kind of locked in their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've you know we've little by little moved through that, and I feel like mm-hmm. now are much more connected to our neighbors and you know mm-hmm. all of the like a lot of the families that live in our neighborhood and everything mm-hmm. um and I've found that you know there I guess when you put it out there that you're here to help um that people find you you know so mm-hmm. I've I'm licensed in New York and New Jersey so I see clients from both places um and you know they they find me because it's mm-hmm. uh people are really needing mental health care right yeah. now. But um, I think it's I... another interesting uh, topic I would like to ask mm-hmm. you. With, I mean, you've worked with people from all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I know from my own experience working in New York that people in, in the States, or at least in New York, um, are much more open to psychotherapy mm-hmm. or, or counseling mm-hmm. than they are, for example, here in Europe, in yeah. Switzerland where it's still very, very stigmatized to, to mm-hmm. seek support. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if you if you remember, like your international clients you had mm-hmm. in, in Asia, whether that, that was also something you noticed that there was a bigger sort of hurdle mm-hmm. to come and, and seek support. Yeah, no, I think you're right, that there can be greater hesitancy a lot of places, mm-hmm. like people might take quite a bit longer Mm. um, maybe to seek support than they would here. Uh, Here I do find that a lot of my clients are kind of like, yes, there, there might be stressful things happening in their lives when they begin therapy, but it's more like that they're looking for a therapist in general, like that. Mm -hmm. And there isn't an expectation that like, oh, we're going to work on this one issue and be done with it. And then it's over. Like they're looking for someone who's going to kind of be, you know, with them for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is probably much more a part of the culture of this city that people go to therapy long-term. Yeah. 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 Um, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Which, although to be fair also, you know, for a lot of people, there have been just tremendous stresses over the last couple of years with the pandemic. Uh, New York was not an easy place to be during the pandemic. Um, And that there's been, you know, of course, people have experienced job losses or, you know, losses of people in their lives. Mm. Um, But there's been a lot to, you know, to kind of deal with. Mm. Mm. 
So what is the what is the trajectory fast forward now? So you've yeah. established your new practice in New York, mainly remote, as I understood, or primarily remote. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you you um, you have a second child as well, so you yeah. have a, a big big yeah. family now, or big and big, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe just sort of to to wrap up to mm-hmm. to sort of share a little bit mm-hmm. of of what what your vision is mm-hmm. um, for the future. Yeah. Well, so yes, I do. I did have my second child during the pandemic. He was born March twenty twenty one. So that was, you know, of course, we were just so happy to welcome him. And he really was a kind of a bright light during the whole thing. Yeah. It was, um, it was, of course, also a bit stressful to be, you know, during the pandemic, right? Yeah, I during that first year. An article actually yesterday on on COVID and pregnancy. So I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. But after kind of navigating, you know, these, I guess, two maternity leaves and, you know, returning and sort of how do you refocus on your work Mm -hmm. and rebalance and all of that, um, that led me to, you know, wanting to make that a bigger part of of my practice and who I work with. And so last spring, I did a coaching certification in parental leave leadership, which is where Mm -hmm. I work specifically with preparing for navigating and returning from parental leave. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is now in addition to my practice is the parental leave coaching, Mm -hmm. which I find is just, you know, so important to many new parents and families, because especially here, because a lot of companies aren't necessarily equipped to navigate these transitions well. Um, Same would be, I could say, two hundred percent needed here in Switzerland, though, like four hundred percent needed, like so much so. Yeah, we have yeah. to do a whole whole podcast on that next time. I specifically think. Yeah. on that. Yeah, I would be happy yes. to speak about that and and how yeah. it can be useful because it's so that's I'm I'm still doing therapy, but that's kind of a a piece also now of my mm-hmm. practice is working with expecting or new parents. Yeah. on navigating those work and life transitions because you know it, it is important to the functioning of the family overall not just of the individuals but of all right how do we go forward after the birth of the of a child and make sure that things feel manageable and that we're not just mm-hmm. kind of headed for like a cliff of burnout mm-hmm. because exactly. you know maybe a new parent is exhausted and feels that there's too many demands mm-hmm. in returning to work that we you know try to do that in a balanced way and help them Absolutely. to navigate you know what the challenges can be there so that's a a newer piece of my practice that I'm very excited about amazing mm-hmm. yeah no I would love to to interview you um specifically on that because I think mm-hmm. That could be something incredibly valuable <clears throat> in Switzerland, in Scandinavia, not so much because they have an incredible setup for, as you may know, um, parental leave, etc. Um, but here, not at all. So, yeah, that would be exciting. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you very, very much for taking your time. Sure, I hope it's been my pleasure. Thanksgiving in New York or elsewhere. And I hope to be able to talk to you very, very soon again. 
Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take, care. Take care. Bye. Bye.